Hello, welcome to Irrepressible. I am Erica Ashley, your host. I'm in Colorado. I've been in LA this whole year and now I'm in Colorado for the rest of the year and I'm very excited. A change of scenery is always just necessary, I think, once in a while. It's good to switch it up. Also, I think when I get out of the city and come back to the mountains and where there's more nature and it's kind of a slower pace of life, I feel like I get grounded again. I feel like I can hear my own thoughts again. I find it, and this is something that I'm working on because I've become more aware of it, that I am usually 10 steps ahead. And it's very hard for me to be present in the present moment. But when I come back to Colorado, I find it much easier to be present. I don't know if it's the energy around it, all the nature. I just feel like I can take a deep breath here and it's super relaxing and much needed. Maybe it's like the crisp mountain air. I don't know. We all know that the smog in LA is not doing anything good for me or any of us who live there. But you know, pros and cons to everything, right? So that's like the update in my life. Like I said, I'm super happy to be here right now, spend time with my family. And this time of the year, I just, I also like to just slow down and um, kind of just prepare for the next year because I know I'm going to be busy. And I feel like this is the time of year where I'm like, okay, like I, I, I'm okay with, you know, taking a break and not working as much and that kind of stuff. So like I said, I'm excited. On the podcast today, I have Jill Buck. She is a celebrity hairstylist at 901 Salon in West Hollywood. She has worked with Hilary Duff, Steven Tyler, Jewel, Julianne Huff, The Chainsmokers, and she's also my hairstylist. I am obsessed with her. My hair has never looked better, been more healthy since I met her. I think I've known her for four or five years at this point. Um, my hair was kind of a mess when I met her. You'll hear that story in this episode. Um, I was really dark, went really light, not so great for your hair, and she saved my life. She saved my hair life, and I tell her that all the time, that I'm so, so grateful for her. She got me back to my natural hair color, which everybody told me was not possible. Everybody pretty much said, once you go one way or the other, you will never be able to get your natural, natural hair color back. And she did. She did it. And I'm so grateful to her for that. I kind of drilled her a lot on different hair questions in this episode. I really wanted you guys to leave with like tips and tricks and tools and knowledge um, about hair and health and styling and all that stuff. So we talked, if you have thin hair, if you have thick hair, if um, we talked men's hair. I tried to cover as many bases as I possibly could with the time that we had. And so I think there's something for everyone in this episode. She's awesome. She's just such a ray of light. Her energy is infectious. And I think that she's so knowledgeable. She's just so kind and really just knows what she's doing and talking about. And so I'm excited for you to hear this episode. So let's get into that conversation. I'm loving the bangs. Thank you. I know they're, they're definitely different, but they're fun for a bit, you know? Are they yours or did you do clip-ins? Yeah. No, I cut them. Yeah. Well, actually I didn't, but, um, this girl that she's a, she's an educator for a color brand that I know. And mm-hmm. she cut, she's like, her like thing is like to cut fringe and she's like, can we cut some on you? And I'm like, sure. Why not? You know? So oh my I gosh, switched so it up a little bit, but I love yeah. it. Oh my God. Okay. So I feel like I first, I have to ask you how your chickens are. <laughs> that's so funny. So I literally, that's where I was coming from. Um, <laughs> as soon as the sun goes down, they like to be like cozy in their little coop. So my son and I were putting them away, but they're doing great. They are laying eggs every day and um, my son Kale is selling them. So it's super fun. Um, and then we are watching a good friend of mine. Um, she has two and her situation, she lives on the East Coast. Um, part of the year and she lives on the west coast part of the year so when she goes back to the east coast now I'm watching her chickens for her (laughs) so we don't survive right now (laughs) that's so cute I'm so excited yeah so they're really fun they're so they're so sweet that's yeah yeah I have to like come see them or something I I feel like I want to try eggs from your chickens though because I I hear that there's a difference but I've never 
Totally. And that's what everyone keeps telling us too. They're like, oh, they're so much fluffier because you can buy good organic eggs now. It's just yeah. the difference is that like, so these ones, they're not like washed or treated or anything. So you just leave them out on your counter. And for whatever reason, it makes a really big difference when you go to then eat them rather than them being stored in the fridge. And because I think, I think what I've understood is like after, by the time they get to you from the farm, they're already like a month old kind of a thing. No way. Yeah. And so as long as they're refrigerated, because they can stay on our counter, not refrigerated for a month. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? And then after that, you would need to refrigerate them. So everyone says they're fluffy and yummy. So. (laughs) Oh my God. I, who knew? Right. Who knew? Exactly. Yeah. But it's been a fun quarantine project. That's for sure. Yeah. I bet. Also, I feel like not many people in LA have chickens. So I feel like. No. It's a fun day. Totally. (laughs) And I think that is totally where my son suckered me in because he's like, we're from Oregon, you know? So he's like, yeah, we got this. We can farm. I'm like, okay, in the suburbs, we'll try this out. See how it goes. (laughs) It's pretty fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I also feel like I should explain to people how we met because when I met you, my hair was a mess. Yes, please. please. Yeah. Um, So you start. So backstory, I was, the reason it got into a mess, I feel like wasn't my fault, but here we go. So I was with uh, the manager that I was with at the time I was auditioning and she was my natural hair color. What would you say? is like kind of like a mousy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, exactly. You're kind of like a level six, just a super neutral Brown. So it's not, people call it mousy, but it's actually very beautiful. Very beautiful color. (laughs) But yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm a level six naturally. And yeah. I hadn't dyed my hair before. Mm-hmm. So, but the manager that I was with at the time was saying, you know, casting doesn't really know where to put you. You're not really a brunette. You're not really a blonde. So you can't really play like the cheerleader, mean girl. But you're also not really over here. And she's like, I think you'd have like, I think we could get more if you went one way or the other. Sure. So I was like, yeah, like, why not? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like going dark would be a fun time. You know, I always wanted like Kim Kardashian's hair. So I was like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I blindly trusted a friend mm-hmm. in going to a stylist <laughs> that I knew nothing about. And as it. you know, it was not a good time for me. She put permanent black dye on my hair. Yes. Um, and then when I tried to go back to blonde, I don't know what happened. My hair looked like a zebra. It's literally very difficult too. So it's, it's not like a, it's a, it's not a quick fix. It's one of the things that, you know, we do, we see it a lot. Like people think like, Oh, I just want to go dark for like a little bit, but they forget that word permanent and permanent means it's on there from here all the way down to here, which is years and years, you know, that it's in there. So yeah, I don't, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. So by the time I had seen you, it seemed like there was at least one attempt, right? Was it one or two attempts to get I you? I think it was two. Okay. But it, my hair turned orange. There was like black streaks. Mm-hmm. There's a photo that I know that you have on your Instagram of right. it. I'll, I'll put it in this and I like do. link it so everybody can see because it's yeah. funny because yeah. you literally saved my life. The transition was big, but I can't take full credit because it does take, you know, you got to get through those orange and awkward steps. Usually if I have a client that comes to me and they start from, you know, permanent black color, um, I tell them it's anywhere from two to three appointments with me to get you to something that is beautiful and wearable. Cause it, it does, it has to go through all those phases of black to red to orange to yellow. And then finally to like a pale yellow that you can tone out and make beautiful. But, um, but it was, by the time you had come to me, it was like a fun project. I was like, yes, I'm ready for this. So it was great. It turned out beautiful. We were still taking you blonde at the time, huh? We went really blonde for a while. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because I think it looks great on you too. I feel like, thank you. I feel like I liked being blonde. I feel like it was a lot of upkeep though. And you know that I have really thin hair. So I feel like my hair didn't love it. 
Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Like over time, I feel like, you know, again, same thing, this hair on the ends, it can only handle being that light for so long. So yeah, you have a finer texture. Um, and it just, yeah, yours is seeing, you just seem to get back to like this perfect, healthy place when we were kind of doing what you are now that in between, you're not super dark, you're not really light. It's just kind of like, just what your hair is requesting. <laughs> 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 yeah. Cause I felt like the healthy was like, it was breaking off. I was like, this just isn't yep. going to be yeah. it for me. Yeah. But can you explain really quick why, like for somebody, the dark dye permanent was not really the right option? Yeah. For you personally, or you mean like yeah. in general going? So for you personally, I feel like, well, there's a couple things. Number one, um, as a whole, it's always about kind of like your skin tone. And mm. I feel like the easiest way to find skin tone is to look at somebody's eyes. Mm. So that's where you feel, see those like those flecks of different colors throughout people's eyes. That's going to tell you whether or not that is going to go warm or cool. So if someone has blue eyes with kind of those like gray flecks, they're going to go to the cooler side or someone with blue eyes that has kind of those goldeny flecks, they need to stay on the warm side and same for hazel and Mm -hmm. uh, and brown and everything. So that's usually my go-to. That tells me people's skin color because you never know. Has that person been in the sun a lot? Is that person have a spray tan? Uh, is it summer versus winter? What's something that's going to look um, good on them a year round, whether it's darker or lighter? So that for you was the biggest thing. I felt like um, it just it was too too clashing of your skin in a mm -hmm. sense um eyebrow color all of it so that's number one on you and number two i feel like people make the mistake of using permanent color when they want to go dark rather than you can always use a demi a demi is a product that's meant to last anywhere from like six to eight weeks and it's a it's a much better option than going permanent because as a stylist then when you go to see somebody they can get they can pull that out of the hair so much easier it doesn't penetrate into the cuticle the same that a permanent color does so those were like the two biggest no-nos, I feel like, when people go dark. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so. Okay, so I feel like a lot of people are going to have the question of like, how did you become a celebrity hairstylist? Like, yeah. wa walk us through your journey. Okay, so I feel like everyone kind of gets there different ways for sure. Um, obviously, there's really main hubs when you want to be um, in the celebrity world. Um, and I look at that title as a celebrity stylist as literally it's like a credential. It's not like I'm trying to be like, oh my gosh, I only do celebrities. It's definitely not that. But it's just like anytime you either go and you get a master's, right? You're going to get an extra title or you get married, you get a different title. So that's sort of for me um, where the celebrity thing comes in, where it's like at a certain point, you kind of, you earn that clientele and it definitely takes time. It takes a lot of dedication, being at the right place at the right time, kind of all of those things. Um, and I think what people get um, definitely discouraged by is um, a lot of times it's free gigs in the beginning. It's as crazy as that sounds. You think, oh, they're celebrities. They can pay as much as they want. But um, a lot of times it's an agent's asking for this or a brand is asking for this. And mm -hmm. so when all the pieces and all the collaborations come together, um, it doesn't always pay well. And so again, it's like that's sort of that credential that you're earning, right? To be able to say, yes, I maybe didn't get paid a lot to do this hair, but at least I get that kind of on my resume in a sense. Mm -hmm. That's definitely how you start for sure. Um, when I moved to LA, I think it's been like eight, nine years ago. Um, you, you kind of just have to start building your portfolio instantly. And luckily nowadays it is Instagram. That's like an instant portfolio for stylists. But like back in the day when I started, I legit had a website jillbuck.com something like that jillbuckhairdesign.com so i don't even know what it was and it's just photos of my work that was like literally from my camp like an actual camera <laughs> that i had to upload onto a website like everything's so much easier now um for people but anytime i'm asked or um get offered something with my agent we do we kind of pitch a little bit of a deck of kind of like um 
of my work and what I'm capable of, um, different textures I can work on, wigs, kind of your, uh, your whole, you know, long list of things that you can do. Um, so those are kind of, I would say, number one is building a portfolio is huge. So whether you're in a big city or you're not in a big city where you get that work, that's what you're going to use to pitch to an agent. The agents are the ones who are going to get you sort of that, um, those celebrity jobs and gigs and all of that sort of stuff. But it's just one of those things to be prepared where it's very last minute jobs come up. Um, and it's a lot of times doesn't pay great. So it's just, it's interesting. It's a very interesting world. Um, I knew for me kind of getting into the celeb world, I was like, you know, I had done sort of a lot in my stylist years. It had been like about five or six years. I've been doing hair before I jumped into the whole LA scene. Um, and just for me, it was just some, a different way I wanted to evolve my career. So moved to LA, got an agent, built my portfolio, just kind of went for it. So that's the, the long story short. <laughs> do you feel like if somebody wanted to do that, that they need to be in LA? So I would have told you yes a while ago. Nowadays, over the last few years, I feel like no, not necessarily as much because we can connect so much easier. Um, virtually and on Instagram and those things. And every now and then there will be jobs where um, the budget, like let's say it's a press tour for Paramount, like every now and then they have the budget to take us from LA and fly us to wherever it is. I've been able to go to Brazil and London and all over the world, but every now and then there isn't the budget for it. So then they will instantly reach out to um, different agencies to find a local artist that is capable of kind of taking on that clientele. Um, and press tours and all that kind of stuff, it's done all across the nation. So I don't think it's that you have to necessarily live in, in LA, but you definitely have to have your portfolio built and able to present your work in like a very confident way. Because yeah. you travel a lot, right? I do. I do. I mean, pre-COVID days, probably at least once to twice a month. Um, and that's like, yeah, probably at least that I would say. Um, and then I, I don't live in the city, so I'm constantly kind of commuting out to the city as well. But yeah, most of the time when I travel, it will be to a client that doesn't live in LA, but they are a client of ours. So we go to them when it's requested. So mm -hmm. that happens often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do which I love so much. I love that. The traveling? Yeah, I love it. Well, you're like a huge adventure person. Like you swim with sharks. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. That one was not even on my bucket list, but some of my good friends were going. So I was like, sure, I'll go. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, but. <laughs> Wait, what else is on your bucket list? Oh, man. I have some really simple things on my bucket list. Like going in a hot air balloon. Like, I feel like that's simple in the sense of like, it's right here in California. I could yeah. go do it and I've still yet to go and do it. Um, another big one is I want to, I want to go somewhere and land where it's like, um, what are they called? They're like a, bi is it called a biplane? The seaplanes where you have to yes. land on water. Like I want a water landing where I end up somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like where that's like the only option sort of a thing. Um, what else? I have a lot of countries I want to see. Yeah. Um, those are probably the biggest bucket list things I have. And then I swear every time, like I'm just randomly with my friends or something, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to add that. They did that. I want to do that too. <laughs> so I added on. <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like that's such a great way to live. Yeah. It's fun. For yeah. Sure. You know, like why not? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's the most fun job you've been? It doesn't have to have been like travel, but like, I feel like you do a lot of really interesting different jobs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh man, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, cause I would probably say, I don't think I've been on a job where I've been like, okay, take that back. I've been on one job where I've been like, miserable, never going to do this again. Um, but other than that, every job is so, so different. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like everything from the actual work that I'm doing to the set, 
um, to probably the location, like everything is different every time. But to be honest, I think it's the client for me. Um, like the experience of it is what makes mm. or breaks the job. Right. And, and where some are so much more fun than others. And I think it's, it, I think location's a big part of it. And then your client's attitude through the whole thing. Um, I got to shoot like some of my dear friends for parents magazine in Maui on the beach, a family. So it's just like, I got to bring my kids. Like, so I think some of those jobs are so special. Um, same thing. I've been in, I've been to Switzerland and it was a job where I got to bring my kids and shooting in like this incredible, you know, this, this landscape that looks fake, you know, and like this only happens in movies and, you know, I'm working as my kids are running around behind me. I'm like, it doesn't, nothing gets better than that. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you like that more than when you're just in the studio? So yes and no. It's, it's um, because the salon is where I make all these connections mm -hmm. you know? and that's where it's like, I mean, you know, that's like how our friendship has evolved is just time in the chair together. So that's irreplaceable to me. I would never like fully walk away from it. Um, there were times in my career, um, before kids and then early kids where I was literally doing 12 to 14 hour days, five, six days a week, that kind of stuff. I, to evolve out of being able to have to be tied to the chair was a big goal and accomplishment of mine. So I think that's more what it is for me is I need time in each of those spaces. They all are so important and they're such a building block to my career. Um, mm -hmm. But my goal over the last few years has been only to work in the salon one to two days a week. And I've been able to do that. And it's literally been because of the people and the connections I make there. So, yeah. yeah. Walk us through like a day in the life. I know you, like, like you just said, some days you're at the salon, some days you're traveling, but just yeah. a general idea of what it's like. Yeah, man. And this year is so different than I know. every other year, which is just crazy. But I would say like for this year, it's been, you know, I have two kids at home. I have an 11 and a 13 year old at home. So we are juggling, you know, two on different Zoom calls in different rooms. Um, my career this year has evolved to where the salon was shut down for almost seven months, I think it was. So everything became digital for me. Um, so I was teaching and educating. Normally, I'd be flying all over the country and educating in different salons um, and going to my clients, but it became a, an entire virtual classroom, I guess, for lack of better words, where um, just teaching via Zooms, had to create like a home studio. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, my kids over here, mom, I need help with math. And then my dog's barking over here, chickens. And I'm like, so the way that you highlight, da, 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 you know, just like tuning it all out, like nothing's happening around me. Um, so I would say that it's, it's kind of crazy to be honest, but I'm home and I'm like, as a working mom, I've worked ever since my kids were born. Um, so the time at home has been like incredible and I feel so grateful for it. I'll never have that again, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess that's sort of 2020's day in the life. Um, yeah. so then the salon opened back up. So then I typically go in two days a week to the salon right now um, just to try to kind of play catch up a little bit. And I do two really long days. I'll go in from like nine to nine usually. Um, we're only allowed to take one client at a time. So it's a little bit slower pace and therefore longer hours there. Um, but again, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I still... I still enjoy it. And I think really monitoring my schedule um, is what keeps me enjoying it. Because otherwise, I feel like you can get um, very overworked as a hairstylist, like physically, emotionally. You know, you're standing on your feet all day long. Your arms are up. You're bent over. You're doing all these wonky things, as well as having a full-blown emotional conversation with every client. So um, it gets exhausting. So I definitely tell, especially younger stylists, I'm like, find your balance early mm. and then it can just always evolve for lack of better words. So do you find it hard to say no to people or jobs? So there, yes, 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 I do. 
I'm the worst. I am the worst at it. And I can instantly recognize it in myself. The second I snap at my kids for no reason, I'm like, mm -hmm. I took on too much, you know? Um, and I just would say like over the years, learning that balance, I, I, I happen to be one of those people that I can juggle a lot of things. And I'm, mm -hmm. I swear I learned that from my mom. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, but there's sort of like a, there's a give and take for sure, you know, with, with saying yes to certain jobs and no to other ones. And as for me, as my career, like built a little bit more, I found that there's ones I can, I can say no to some of these smaller magazines that are like, Hey, do you want to do this job for credit only? I'm to the point now where I can say, thanks so much for asking me, you know, I can't do this one check with me next time. Um, whereas in the beginning, I feel like you do sort of have to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm getting better at saying no. That's, that's important. <laughs> yeah. The improvement. Exactly. One step at a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you also work with the beautiful foundation. I do. Yeah. So I got the title creative director don't know how, why, just my friend Matt was like, you're this. I'm like, okay, got it. Um, so it's pretty much Matt and I that um, we, Matt's kind of like all office legal kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of all hair sides of things. Um, and then of course, Nikki and Rihanna are full blown supporters of the entire foundation um, and really got it off the ground. Um, and going. And so, yeah, Matt and I have just kind of run with it a little bit. And this year again has been so, so different, but pre COVID days, it was like, we were able to be working directly with, um, UCLA children's hospital. I was in there pretty often, um, measuring for kids, uh, that wanted wigs, getting them fitted, um, shaving their head when they were ready. It, it's definitely a very emotional, um, situation. So I just was always, I made myself available. I'd probably be in there once a month about, um, when kids were ready and doing the best we could to fundraise to get, um, wigs for, for, and it's not just for kids, but I found that that's where our connection, um, at UCLA came in very easily. So we tend to make a lot for kids, but we have, uh, we have done a lot for, um, for women too, that are just kind of ready for that next step. It's a big, um, it's a big undertaking. And for us, we just found in the beauty industry, there was really, um, there was a big hole there. So it was like, even for stylists, not knowing what to do when they found out, you know, they've had this client for six years, all of a sudden their client comes to them and they're like, I have cancer. Like what now? We were finding that even a lot of hairstylists didn't know what to do. Like, how do we educate our client? How do we help them? What, what steps do we need to take as stylists to make them feel comfortable all through the way? So we, um, you know, have been trying to launch some education around it. Um, we got a hair specialist to join our team, Hannah, um, and she's actually making our wigs for us. So it's still a foundation that needs, um, we need a lot of support. We need a lot of volunteers. We need a lot of help, but we're getting there with it. And it's been beyond rewarding. I mean, it's the events that we're able to do or we're, you know, hopefully all this moves back into that um, event space, but um, just seeing how grateful the families are being with those women, um, you know, when, when it's time to shave their head and helping them learn accessories that they can start using and, you know, how fabulous earrings can be just kind of all these little things, you know, as we, um, as we navigate it's in my opinion, as a stylist, it's, um, it's important to know. I, I feel like it's unfortunately, it's more common than not that, you know, someone that has cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like it is, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a critical thing. Um, as far as like the, uh, education, I guess, behind, behind our jobs, you know, and then there's the heart side of it as well, which who doesn't want to give back and help. So of it's course. pretty, pretty great foundation. Yeah. yeah. So they don't teach any of like that sort of stuff about like wigs or how to help someone when you were in school. No, nothing. They basically just, and I'm licensed in three states. I'm licensed in Oregon, Nevada, and California. Um, and I mean, the school's job is to get you to be safe, sanitary, um, and some few basics. You know, that's why 
um, assisting is, is so, so key as soon as you get out of school, um, you know, just, or being an intern, any of that kind of stuff you can do while you're in school. Um, but no, it's all, that's just all added on an advanced, uh, education for sure. And -hmm. there's even a lot of things that I still don't know in the world either. Um, there's, there is a lot to learn, even just kind of someone who's struggling with like alopecia, like Mm -hmm. you might know how to recognize it. Like most stylists might know how to recognize it, but they don't necessarily know what the next steps are, what to recommend, um, that sort of stuff in there. So there is definitely, there's a little education out there, but there's not much. So I feel like it's something that, um, the beautiful foundation really wants to push. We want to bring in as many specialists as we can to kind of help share that knowledge, um, of what people have learned. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, COVID changed a lot for you. Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel like when it's all said and done, you want to go back to how things were or are there things that you like about this new way of life for you? Absolutely. I think in an odd way, you know, all of this was um, also a hidden blessing. You know, like I said before, I've always been a working mom ever since my kids were two months old, I've been working. And so to have, I've never had this much time at home with them. And I wouldn't trade that for the world, you know, like that was such special time. Um, and I do, I feel like it gave people a chance to reset a little bit. Um, whether or not people were super productive with the time or not, I had days where I was super like, yeah, like I got this, like, we're going to tackle this, this, and this in the day, you know, and take advantage. And then there were days where it was like, Let's watch some movies or something, you know, but I think that exact thing, what I realized in my life is what was missing. I just was always go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I'm a, I'm a big like goal setter and goal getter, whether it's like a goal within the day, a goal within the week, like I'm kind of crazy about it. So it definitely forced me to slow down. Um. And I for sure have learned, I I don't kind of what we were saying before, I don't have to say yes to everything. And I feel like it gave us an excuse to not have to say yes to everything, you know, Um, (laughs) which is, is not a bad thing. It's really not a bad thing. So I miss, um, I miss people. I miss that. Mm -hmm. I miss it for my kids a lot. But as far as like the not rushing to three different sports on a Saturday, you know, and yeah. swooping them from school, dropping them off at practice, getting homework done, throwing them in their bedrooms to go to bed, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of stuff has been like so good to slow down. And I, I hope that in some way our society and our culture can find the balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you're a big goal setter. Do you have a specific way that you set goals or like hold yourself accountable? Yeah. So I definitely am very traditional in the sense of like, I will write them down and I'll put notes in my phone. Um, I give myself a lot of like, I'll do like alerts. So it's almost like I want to be hitting this goal by whether it's like a six month out goal, then in six months, I put an alarm in my phone. And so just sort of like a continual reminder um, of what, and it's not that I hit every single goal by any means, but Um, I just, I like to continually be pushing myself. Um, and, and in certain ways, sometimes it's physically, sometimes it's financially, um, sometimes it's, um, educationally and definitely this year, like with my career and stuff, I really had to get creative in how am I going to engage people through this, through this screen mm-hmm. now that we have between us? Because as hairstylists, we're so hands-on. We're such like a tangible artist that um, I really had to push myself. And I remember saying at the beginning of the year, I was like, I I can't even take a selfie. Like, I'm just one of those people. I can't, I can't do it. I can't talk to my phone like someone's there on the other side. I'm the worst at it. And the next thing I know, swoosh, all I had, all I did was film videos in my kitchen for, I don't know how long. So it really pushed me um, there. And so I think sometimes even our goals come at us sideways where it's like, oh, did I say that out loud? Shoot. Now I'm going to have to actually try to attain this, you know? Um, But yeah, it's just 
it's constant. It's, it's literal written reminders. It's reminders in my phone. Um, and then it's a lot of just, I absorb a lot of information as much as possible. So yeah, yeah, I know it's, it's kind of crazy. It's good. Goal setting is great. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really is. It is great. It's exhausting. But I also think a big part of that is um, because I'm a self-employed person and Mm -hmm. I've been independent financially since I was a teenager that um, you have to, if you, I mean, like you as well, like when you're your own boss, you kind of have to be your boss and the employee all at the same time. Yeah. So you got to do it. Yeah. Got to figure out a way that it works for you and get it done. Yeah. Schedules and to-do lists are my best friend. Absolutely. Same. Yeah. And sticky notes, post-it notes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like everywhere. I literally have like so many different lists in my phone of like, yep. okay, this is like today's to-do list, but this is like this week. Yep. It's a lot, but without it, I don't think I would keep my head on. That's absolutely how I feel too. Okay. I have a list of kind of rapid fire, but like we want an answer. So not like super rapid fire questions. I love it. It's fun. It's fun. Like one words. I just throw out the one word. No, no. Just like the first thing that comes to mind, but like, but like, like here's the first one. So like, what's the worst advice you hear when it comes to hair? Oh gosh. Yeah. I think about these. (laughs) Um, the worst advice. Ooh, I'm not, I'm not a huge flat iron fan. Does that sound horrible? I, I, the whole like crunching of the flat iron back and forth. I think that I don't love, I don't love stylists teaching people that. Um, and I don't. When you do the waves with a flat iron? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I feel like as an artist, I can do that. But when people are doing that on their like freshly blonde pieces right around their face and their bangs, you see that sizzling. I don't love that. And I don't love the whole, like, let's cut our own bangs thing. I, I feel like when people are like, like, no, I don't even cut my own bang. Like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And that through like quarantine, I was like, I don't understand why people can't just wait. Like, <laughs> like what's happening that all of a sudden everyone needed bangs? I don't know because I also don't understand because I'm like, yeah, maybe I want to, like, you know, I didn't get to see you for yes, a long so long time. and I desperately needed a haircut. Yeah. But if I cut my hair, it would have been, you would have yeah. chopped it to my chin. Yeah. You would have been like, what did you do? Yeah, you were good. You were a good student. You listened. <laughs> I did. I do listen to you. <laughs> You're doing good. Sorry. That wasn't very rapid fire answer. I'll get better at this. No, that's okay. <laughs> do you have a hair horror story? Mm, that I've done to somebody or my own? Oh, either. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do I have a hair horror story? I think my horror stories with hair, because I'm a pretty conservative hairstylist where I've never like done something where I've cut someone's hair and they're like, oh, you cut it all off. Like, because yeah. I'm very like, you know, mindful. Um, I think that my hair horror stories are sometimes where I literally, the person is so mean and so wretched that I'm just like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not done. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with being treated that way. We're just, Mm -hmm. we're done. Bye. Have a great day. You know, those I think are my, my, uh, my bad stories for sure. Um, and the only other thing that I did to myself one time was I was trying to go purple and I used something that I had never used before. And I went like gray, but also blue, like real blue. And oh. I was like, Oh, I wasn't blue. <laughs> so I really think those are probably, that was just me not knowing the product well enough and all the underlying pigments and I should have. And those are probably the worst of them. Advice for thin hair. Oh, okay. So obviously your shampoo is huge. It's huge because a lot of times people think fine hair, now it's broken and it's damaged. So now they're using something that's way too heavy for their hair and it's oily, flat, lit, and they just are frustrated with it. So then they're continuing, they almost like keep going down this rabbit hole because then it's a lot of blow drying or it's a lot of styling because they can't get lift out of it. So if you go back to the basic of your Good water, good shampoo. So a filter on your shower head is really big because your hair is going to be absorbing everything that's coming out of your water, your minerals, your chlorines, all that. 
um, shower for shampoo, and then same thing with um, your conditioner. This is for everybody. This is even for me. It's like mid shaft and down. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. it. Shampoo is for here. Conditioner is for here. So that in the same regard as a shampoo, nothing too heavy for fine haired people, but enough that it's giving you strength. Um, and then I, I love to only say one hot tool. So let's say you want curly hair that day as a fine haired person, you don't get to blow dry and curl. So I would say you air dry in like a soft top knot situation, right? So you're getting volume and you, or you're air drying over, over the night, or you're doing a loose braid, something like that. And then using dry texture spray at your root for your volume. Um, cause fine hair, it just, it has to, you just have to be more gentle with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, those I think are my biggest things. Hair vitamins are also so bomb. Like they've really dialed them in and it's not just biotin over the counter anymore. It's mm -hmm. hum gummies has incredible ones. Um, the hair, sweet hair, Nutrafol, Viviscal, like there's some really good ones on the market now mm -hmm. that just, even if it's not going to make your hair thicker, it's still going to just give your hair strength, you know? Mm. So those are probably my top ones. Okay. Real quick side note. Why would you not want to use like drugstore shampoo? I think a lot of people don't know why. Yeah. So, I mean, so many reasons. I think that the, the biggest reason is your pH levels are not, it's, it's not what your natural hair is going to be. So that's why, you know, professional shampoos cost more like the, mm -hmm. the science that goes behind it. Um, is specific and yes there's there's marketing right this is for this hair this is for this hair this but there's actual science as well behind certain shampoos and conditioners that are best for your hair types and textures with color and and all of that and it's something that a drugstore brand doesn't really have to stand behind right it has to be mm -hmm. generic it has to be something all across the board anyone can pick up and use and there's this like um you know, the whole sudsing thing. So that means mm -hmm. we have a lot of sulfates in it. And it's this thing that that's been programmed into us that that means that our hair is clean, right? If it's sudsing, mm -hmm. but it's not always the case. Um, it's going to be the reaction based off of what your hair and your hair texture needs. And sometimes even your scalp, not just your hair texture. So that I would say is definitely a big one for sure. Okay. Makes sense. Yay. All right. Advice for thick hair, thick hair. Okay. So I think thick hair can go, um, lots of different ways. So number one, I think a good haircut with thick hair is a big one. And mm -hmm. I'm really big on like internal texture. Okay. Cause I feel like instantly that helps sleek out your hair if you have thick hair and then you're not sitting there. Like I said, overusing hot tools, the hot tools is probably the biggest culprit of damage um, because you're doing it every single day. So yes, lightener on your hair is not great, right? But let, you're probably only getting your hair colored like what every, I mean, I'd say six weeks at the yeah. most. And hopefully you're a good stylist is not overlapping. So like this hair down here essentially is only going to ever get colored one time with lightener. But every time, every day I put a hot tool on this, it's breaking it down, breaking mm -hmm. it down, breaking it down. So a good haircut for thick hair is huge. So you're not overusing heat. Um, and same thing, having a good shampoo and conditioner that, um, that the response and, and I feel like people, once I recommend the right thing for my client in my chair and then they try it, they're like, Oh, now I get it. Cause once you find the right kind of dialed in situation, your hair will do what you want it to do, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But there's, there's the same thing, you know, you can get too oily as well with the hair. Um, so just be mindful of that. But I would start with a good haircut for sure. Cool. Okay. What's one thing you should always do for your hair? Um, one thing you should always do for your hair. I think actually it's exfoliating your scalp as crazy as that sounds. So not everybody is going to have the same hair routine. Not everyone's going to get their hair cut as often, colored as often, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But we all have a shower. We can all wash and exfoliate our hair. So some people don't like to wash their hair every day, but it still means getting your scalp wet and stimulating it. That's going to be your best um, kind of production, right, of your hair. And you constantly want, you, you constantly want new hair growth. That's when it 
It's going to keep promoting healthy hair. Um, so stimulating your scalp every day, even if you don't go to wash, like when you're, when you're getting ready in the morning, just brushing your hair even. Um, I tell my guy clients this a lot because they don't like to wash their hair, like hardly ever. <laughs> and so I tell them all the time, I'm like, great, no, no problem. You just went surfing, no worries. But as you're coming out of the ocean, give it a rub and then rinse the salt out and just rub or brush your hair. And right there, it's like game changing. Got it. Exfoliation, everyone. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, and then one thing you should never do. To your hair specifically. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was going to say, be mean. Don't be mean. Well, that I'm is applicable kidding. too. I'm just kidding. Um, one thing you should never do to your hair. I mean, gosh, I don't know that there's any like nevers other than maybe, I mean, I honestly feel like it's the overuse of a tool because you can mm -hmm. very easily burn that thing right off. I mean, we've seen yeah. it on YouTube and they're actually <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like I die watching these people, <laughs> but like, don't do that. Just don't do that. So yeah. too, maybe too hot of a, of a tool setting for sure. And then I'm a big like person of one tool, choose one tool. Mm -hmm. If you want a big massive blowout great use your round brush and your blow dryer if you want curls then air dry and just use your curling iron tips for keeping flyaways down like how do you tame these things yeah yeah okay well don't be super sad by them because majority of the time a flyaway is actually your new hair growth so it's sort of like okay we like them they're there i mean every now and then you'll get like one that's broken from other things but um so I usually say anywhere like a spray wax, I feel like is usually the best because it's almost like, it's like an aerosol um, uh, oil almost for lack of better mm -hmm. words when it's a wax, right? And I feel like wax is just a little bit more movable, pliable. So even if I'm still running my fingers through my hair throughout the day, it still has that texture and that grit to it. So it will lay down easier versus hairspray is a little bit more like laying on the surface. Mm. So it takes the flyaway down. But as soon as I go and I move that product off my hair, then it's the flyaway is not going to stay anymore. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think of hairspray as more like a finishing tool and like your waxes and your paste and all of those, um, your, vo your mousses, your volumizers, that's all more kind of your structure of your style. Okay. Um, best way to keep your hair out of your face when it's down like mm -hmm. these. Yeah. Mine does that too. Yeah. I totally do. I mean, you get a fringe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you don't cut it yourself. You don't cut it yourself. Um, I um, let's see here. I feel like I mean, there's so many cute styles these days. There's so many cute accessories. So I think it's depending on what um what your look is, right? Like, what are you going for that day? You want something super like '70s and cute? Throw a little bandana in there. Um, you know, you can go more '90s with a headband. Um, I actually am kind of a big. I am a big tucker. I kind of use that mm -hmm. for my style. And then I use like more like a fun earring. So if you do have something where like head down working in an office mm -hmm. all day, it's okay. Like I would almost just like give it a twist with a little, whoop, little accessory or something. Perfect. Super easy. So, easy. Yeah, totally. It's an easy fix. Okay. Why do you need a trim every six to eight weeks? Mm -hmm. Why is that like the rule? Okay. So when your hair is short, it's typically the rule is because now your style's kind of grown out, right? Now it kind of hits awkward lengths or it's just not quite, um, not quite doing what it needs to do for your style. On longer hair, you got to remember like how long this hair has been on your head, which is kind of mm -hmm. gross actually when you think about it. Yeah. Like, I'd love to know like how old this is right here. Like what? Like what is that? <laughs> you know, so it's like that is the what it can handle is only there for so long. And then once your hair typically starts to split on the ends, you just want to be cutting above that. So that's why when we say six to eight weeks, it's and for some of my clients, I'm like, you can come in 10 because you're really good about using one hot tool. For my mm -hmm. other clients that feel the need to still blow dry 
heat seal every day, then they have to come in more often because it's just breaking down their cuticle more. So we really do truly say it. So that way I only have to cut a quarter of an inch when I see you next and not two inches. So just maintaining. Got it. Yeah. Um, how often should you wash your hair? I go back and forth with this. I think this is a scalp thing. Um, to be honest, I definitely would say, I would say on average, I would tell someone to wash their hair like every third day. Um, I push it and I go a lot more than that. I do like every fourth or fifth day, but I'm also really good about brushing my hair. I will rinse, but not shampoo when I want my hair to be curlier. So, cause it's like, I kind of have that in between hair where if I let my hair get oilier and just run water through it, it kind of helps the curl form rather than it dry and then it's like, poof, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that is definitely part of your, um, kind of your, your natural routine, right? And like how much you wanna do um, for your styling. But just remember the more you wash your hair, the more you're telling your body to produce the oil that's there naturally. So the more you keep stripping it, the more it's going to produce. And it definitely takes like probably a good three weeks for your hair to adjust three, maybe even four weeks. Um, but I always tell people just stretch it one more day, you know? So if you wash every other day, like just stretch it one more day. It's good for it. The oils are so good for your hair, you know, your natural oils, I should say. Yeah. But what if, what about like when it starts looking greasy? Yeah. So when you're like in, when you're like getting to the three week mark then I think that you rinse it really good and you keep moving that oil down, down. your scalp mm -hmm. and you keep kind of exfoliating because it will learn. Like it, you can train it to do that. I know, you know, through COVID we were doing these interviews like crazy because people were like, well, maybe I don't wash my hair now or whatever, you know, <laughs> some people believe it. And I just know I've literally, this is going to be so gross to say out loud, but I've gone 24 days without washing my hair. And no way. I got to the point where I had to rinse it every single day for sure. Like, so it was wet every day, but my curls were like nothing I had ever seen before. Mm. And it was just, yeah. And you can still, you still condition your ends and you do all that. But if you get really good about, um, you know, massaging your scalp, running that oil through your hair and it was like the healthiest my hair had ever been. It's crazy. So that is crazy. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Um, okay. Top tips for men's hair. Men's hair. Um, oh, I love cutting men's hair. It's so fun. Um, I would say I actually tell men to not wash their hair every day. Rarely do they. I don't know that I've really had too many male clients that wash their hair every day. They always rinse though. Cause guys shower like 40 times a day. I swear. Like they work out, <laughs> they eat and then they're sweaty and you're like, okay. So again, it's like, you know, exfoliating your scalp, um, and, and not washing. And then I love for fine men's hair. I love like a dry texture or like a, um, you have, there's these certain products have like hair fibers in them and you like almost puff it into the hair and then it gives them this awesome, cool grit and texture for fine haired guys that really struggle with it just laying flat to their head. Um, and then my, you know, thicker haired guys, I tell them to use a paste um, never really a wax. And I never really say use a gel. Um, I just feel like it's not as movable and wearable and you can't really run your fingers through it. And I also love a sea salt spray to like finish almost every guy. Actually, I finish with a sea salt spray because again, it's then in the hair versus the hairspray that just kind of like lays on top. Mm -hmm. So what about if they have curly hair? curly hair. Oh, if you can get a guy to use a diffuser, it's like game changer. And most of them <laughs> don't even know what that is, but I have all my dudes with curly hair rocking a diffuser and it's literally, you know, the little spiky thing You just put it right mm -hmm. on there and you just twist on low heat and their curls are amazing. So that I would say, um, for guys. And then for that one, a sea salt spray. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What about curly hair for girls? Uh, I'm sure somebody curly hair for girls. Oh my gosh. Okay. So 
that's a little different because I swear every curly haired girl has a different texture and a different pattern on guys. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different because it's so short. You don't, you can't like really recognize a pattern as much. It's either tight or loose kind of a thing Mm -hmm. on girls, all the curl, different directions, different whirls happening and all that sort of thing. But I like to do, um, same thing. I like a diffuser on like, not on like solid wet hair, like just towel scrunch for a bit. Um, a good leave-in spray, like a leave-in conditioner. Diffuse once it's kind of like getting a little um, air dried on its own. And then either a spray wax or sea salt spray. If you are someone who has curly hair and you're super dry, then I wouldn't add more sea salt spray because that is a little more drying. I would stay with the spray wax. Um, Or if you're somebody you find like your hair is just like you like that super thick, thick curl, Mm -hmm. then you can use either one actually. And it, it just helps keep the curls together. Oh, my other tip with that, brush your hair wet in the shower. And then when you get out of the shower, don't brush it again. Only towel dry and like scrunch. Cause it mm-hmm. just, with the moisture in the shower, it helps those, those curls form like on their own naturally rather than you forming them on your own. Okay. Calyx. Yeah. Calyx. I mean. How do you do? You might have one here. You might have one here. That is, man, those are tricky because very few people though, maybe, maybe there's a a statistic on this, but I feel like that's more kind of the stylist probably deals with the calic more than the actual person other Mm -hmm. than the ones that are like right here on your hairline, you know, because I have one right here and right here and then the one back here. Yeah. So it's like actually, and on your fine hair too, sometimes like, does it split for you back there? Yes. It's like it gets flat and then like my part goes down the back of my head. Yeah. Okay. So that definitely, those ones, I I usually just tell people just spray it down. And then, so because when you've been sleeping on it or whatever, of course it's going to push to naturally where it wants to push. Mm -hmm. So just spray it and then air dry it, like brush it where you kind of want it to go and then air dry it. And that usually takes care of the problem. The ones in the front for people that really want to decide where they want to part, there's the creaseless clips. And so mm-hmm. I just tell people when they get out of the shower, find your part that you want. And then you need to just kind of like, you just like, if it's over here, you just sort of seal the deal with a creaseless clip that you just boop, boop and let it dry on its own. Those are, that's usually the easiest way to tackle it. Cause I hate when people again, overuse a hot tool. Mm-hmm. Blast it, blast it, blast it, and then they flatter and flatter and flatter, and it's like next thing you know, like you have hair like right here. I mean, I've definitely done that before because yeah, because you feel like you it's know. the only way to do it. But yeah. yeah, exactly. The more, or you can even sleep in the creaseless clip too, or mm-hmm. find your part and put a little cute scarf on your head to sleep, and that will help too. It's just really keeping those hot tools off your hairline is going to save your hair. Okay. Um maintaining volume all day. Oh, maintaining volume all day. This is tough for like, it's tough for you for sure. For me. I mean, look, it's the end of the, my, I get out of the shower, my hair is like, oh, like and then now here we are. <laughs> um, I like dry texture sprays. Yeah. I like them way more than I like a dry shampoo. Um, dry shampoos have a bit more of like a powder to them. The texture mm-hmm. spray has a little bit more of like an aerosol, um, base, which I mean, they're both aerosol, but I feel like it's pumping in not so much powder, which was trying to absorb oil, right. With the dry shampoos. So using a dry texture. Um, I literally, when you, you know, after you're style, done styling or air drying or whatever, from the top up here, you spray some in, you know, kind of same thing over there. And throughout the day, as long as you just reactivate kind of that, that product in there, or even if you have a little, you know, like a little travel size, mm-hmm. then that's going to help kind of just revamp the volume. And then you can even kind of do this and you shake out your hair and you spray it all in between. So you're kind of getting in here too, like a feathered sort of like all the layers kind of yeah and then you just you know and it should just kind of all re reactivate the product so it's normal to probably have to do it more than once in the day totally totally yeah yeah because I just feel like just I mean gravity as a whole you know it's gonna happen and when you see all these beautiful women on tv that have perfect voluminous hair it's because we're over there behind the cameras spraying every two seconds so (laughs) smoke and mirrors (laughs) 
For sure. <laughs> For sure. Okay, what if you want to learn to braid your own hair? Oh my gosh, YouTube. YouTube it up. There's like so many good. Rihanna and I joke about this. Rihanna's um, a girl I went to beauty school with. She owns a salon I'm at now. Uh, I taught her how to braid when we were like 20 years old, way back when. And we joke about this all the time. We're like, oh my gosh, if we would have had YouTube, like we spent hours braiding doll heads and mannequins and each other and all this stuff. But there's like six-year-olds on YouTube, but <laughs> amazing tutorials. <laughs> so literally, I feel like that. Um, Just YouTube. Yeah, I, honestly, YouTube. And then, I mean, if you can't, I mean, if depending on if you're a professional and you need to learn how to braid get a mannequin. If you're just, you know, every day, every day person who wants to learn some cool braids, you just have to start doing it. You just have to start practicing. Um, and you're learning. That's why YouTube, I think is good is because they're teaching like this. And so then same thing, like I'm looking in a mirror trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to read the back of my head. So you can kind of, so like what I need to find somebody who braids thin hair or is it the same? No, not necessarily. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, okay. I feel like it's the same. Um, you're obviously will get a different result um, in the end, but no, I think that you could absolutely just kind of watch whatever style you want. Just like if you're trying to figure out a halo braid or a double touch mm-hmm. braid or um, you know inverted, all those kind of fun fishtail, then that's kind of what I would look for. Okay. Yeah. For anyone who has color treated hair, best tip to keep it healthy. Obviously, you said the heat. Anything else? Heat for sure. And then um, depending on your hair type. So like if you are going, if you're blonde, I definitely recommend doing something that's adding moisture back into the hair. Um, and then something that's going to help keep your tone. So like Joico has like violet shampoos, purple shampoos. They have a red, they have a blue, all of that to help you not have to get your hair colored as often because then mm-hmm. you're not doing, um, you know, the re- repetitive steps on it and you can kind of get more longevity out of your color and then filling that with a mask. Like I love masks instead of conditioner, even on my super fine blondie blondes. I mean, I've even recommended to you. It's like, I love yeah. A mask, I feel like if you're not shampooing your hair every single day, the mask will just stick with you a little bit longer throughout the week. So that for sure is a good one. I love the K-Pack Lane by Joico. Um, In Common has a a good universal mask. There's Mm. so many good ones out there now. Yeah. Also, that purple shampoo saved my life when I was blonde. It really works. Yeah, it absolutely works for sure. So, and yeah. I feel like they're getting better too. When they first came on the market, they actually were really drying on the hair. Um, mm. And as they've evolved and, and brands have figured it out better, they are starting to get more um, more moisturizing, which then at least you're not having to feel like you're doing two shampoos plus a mask, you know, all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants longer hair. Yeah. <laughs> Can you actually make your hair grow faster, longer? Great. All the things. Great question. I think some people can for sure. I think that um, I think everybody's bodies absorbs and responds differently to um, products like biotin, you know, vitamins like mm-hmm. biotin. Um, I for sure, I've tried probably four different brands. Um, I find that some make my hair feel just thicker. Some I feel like my hair does grow faster. Um, I think it's sort of like your body is basically. I mean, that's a direct result mm-hmm. of what your body's producing, right? So I think that when you know kind of like the health of yourself, that's then going to internal it will, um, or in turn, it will reflect out of your hair for sure. Um, I know for me, I'm not, I I don't consume a lot of calories throughout the day. So I know for me, I need like, uh, more like beefed up vitamins for it to really then produce and my body not to like hold on to everything that I'm actually consuming throughout the day, if that kind of Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, I absolutely think people can, you have to be patient though. It's not, you have to stay in routine and you have to continually take the vitamin, um, Mm -hmm. and not just like one month and expect everything to be like two inches longer. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Last two. And these don't have anything to do with hair or well, they might, depending on how you answer this. I don't know. What's your favorite app that you have on your phone? Favorite app on my phone. Um, this might sound weird. <laughs> I think it's my I think it's my ring. 
the ring mm-hmm. because when I'm gone, I I like to see my kids coming and going, and then mm-hmm. my dogs are barking, and then the furbo does that count? A furbo I have we have on our yeah. chickens right now. <laughs> so Do you feed it chickens. with the, the chickens with I the furbo? Have, we haven't figured out a way to feed them yet through it, but. I should because I feel like it doesn't fling like far enough and I think my dogs mm-hmm. would just go eat the treats but yeah I like my ring I like to know what's going on at my house especially when I'm not there so yeah that might be it <laughs> and then what's your favorite book oh favorite book oh my gosh that was so hard and honestly it's kind of sad because I don't read as much as I would love to like I love to read yeah. But I feel like I only have a chance to read when, um, either when I'm traveling, um, but rarely do like I get in bed and read. It just doesn't happen. But I love, um, what do I love? This is so hard for me. I love so many of them. And I love things too that, um, that are not necessarily like my belief system or like mm. my religion or whatever. Like I love to absorb and read as much as I can about other things because I just don't, I'm not a news person. Like I don't like to sit and watch TV. I don't like that stuff going on all the time. I don't check news apps. I don't do any of that. So I prefer to just kind of read about situations. Um, like I loved reading under the banner of heaven. Um, I love Candace Owens blackout. Um, what was the other one? I just read another one. Oh, it might be right here. Let me look. What's this one? Oh, proof of heaven is another really good one that I read. Um, Hold on. I got another one to do right here. And then um, You Are the Key by um, Caitlin Crosby. I feel like those have been like my top ones that I've read more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love all those. I love just like absorbing through a book yeah. rather than anything else, I guess. But yeah, I did not read nearly as much as I thought I would this year for like being home so much. Me too. I was like, I'm going to knock out like 25 books. I know. I know. No, I didn't. I I literally, I think I read those like five. Was that five? I said four. I think you said, yeah. Yeah. Not much. (laughs) So sad. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Where can everybody find you? Oh, where can everybody find me? Um, work at 901 salon in West Hollywood. Um, my Instagram is at Jill and then the numbers 901. Um, and that's it. Those are my places. That's where I am all the time. 